Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Ruth and Naomi and Boaz, they all had the same choice. They could have gone sideways like everybody else, but they said no. It'd be easy to give up and to live like everybody else. But we say no. Why? Because of what God's going to do down the road that we have no idea about. You're faithful today because of what He's going to do with your faithfulness tomorrow. Many people think there are just so many rules involved with Christianity, but that's just not true. Rules and desires are very different. Pastor James reminds us today that we have decisions to make every single day. With any relationship, you must constantly choose love and selflessness and trust. It's not just something that comes naturally. So no, there's no statutes or laws anymore, but if you truly believe in Christ, there's no need because it's the desire of your heart to do your best for Jesus. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Ruth chapter four with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Sometimes that draw to go back is difficult. I would imagine if you knew every detail of Ruth's life, I'm sure there probably were moments where she's like, you know what? It'd be a lot easier back in Moab, (laughs) right? We've all gone through that. We've all experienced that if we're honest, but she's not Ruth the Moabitess anymore. By marrying Boaz, she really does have a new identity. By Marrying Jesus, if I could say it that way, you really do have a new identity in Jesus. Verse 9, just to to continue on with the story, it says, Boaz said to the leaders and to the crowd standing around, because now it's not even just the 10. Now you got witnesses galore that are watching this story. They've been a part of this story from the beginning. This whole town is just super jazzed about the fact that what's happening within the story. They, They are. And then now you got a crowd. He says to the leaders in the crowd standing around, you are witnesses that today I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and uh, Malon. That would be in Ruth's husband, I believe. Um, and with the land, I have acquired Ruth, the Moabite widow of Malon, to be my wife. This way, she can have a son to carry on the family name of her dead husband, and to inherit the family property here in his hometown. You are all witnesses today. So she gets to marry Boaz, but not only that, but within marrying Boaz, and this is an honorable thing as well. He's like, look, Ruth, what once belonged to your husband is now yours. Now, she has technically, what he's even saying within this is like, listen, Ruth, all that I have is yours. All that I have is yours. There's this verse, just kind of popped into my brain. I want to read to you guys from Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says this, how we praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, his sons and daughters, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we belong to Christ. This is you. 
This is for you. This is what happened. You got redeemed by Boaz. And when you get redeemed by Boaz, we'll say, when you get redeemed by Jesus, the heavenly check account has been opened up to you. Now, don't go sideways on me. Don't be thinking like, oh, sweet. All right, God. So I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and believe it that you got this giant mansion for me. And he's like, man, you don't need a giant mansion. But whatever you do need, you will have. And let's go even deeper than that. Because these blessings, these spiritual blessings, man, he's like, here's the, the debit card. Swipe away. Lord, I don't even know what that means. He's like, I know. I know. It's going to take time. Even your whole life, you won't even begin to scratch the surface of what this means. When we get to heaven, eternity with him would be like, oh, I had access to all this stuff. He's like, yeah, yeah. All the spiritual blessings. I'll read it again. How we praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, talking about believers, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we belong to our kinsman redeemer who is named Jesus Christ. Take some time to study up on spiritual blessings from the heavenly places. Some of that could be fruits, the fruit of the Spirit. That's part of that. That's included within that. There's, there's so much more that goes along with that. All it's simply trying to communicate, what I'm trying to communicate to you guys here is that Jesus has you covered. He's got you covered. Doesn't feel like it. Well, Welcome to life. <laughs> Welcome to life. Maybe it's good it doesn't feel like it. Because if it always felt like it, we probably wouldn't be crying out to him as much as we should be doing. But that's what happens when you get redeemed by Jesus. You're part of the family now. And what he has, you have. Here's the craziest thing. Craziest thing Jesus said in the Gospels. Talking about all the stuff he did. He's like, yeah, I did all these things. Hey, guess what? You you could do these things, and you'll do more. And you're like, wait, wait a minute. That doesn't sound right. He's like, no, no. Everything that you've seen me do, you can do, and you can do even more than that. And you're like, what? It's a sad state when, when us as believers don't live out some of these realities. And we show up, and we stand before Jesus, and he's like, hey, you had a good run. Well, why didn't you tap into the things I provided for you? I didn't know about those things. He's like, well, you know, it was in the Word. It was in that Bible I gave you. Like, just tap into it. And that's why we always say, it's one thing you'll hear repeated from this pulpit, whether it's me or anybody else that fills in for me whose heart is connected here with Calvary Galveston, go nuts for Jesus. Just go for it. What do you have to lose? You don't have anything to lose. Will your heart get crushed? Completely. Will it hurt? Totally. Will there be tremendous victories? Yes. But is it all worth it? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's got you covered. Our Boaz, he's got us. Verse 11, here's the response from the leaders and all the people standing around. They say, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is now coming into your home like Rachel and Leah. I mean, this is from, you know, we got, out of the 12, we got eight of the, you know, the tribes of Israel from these two ladies, their sisters, and that whole story is a, a little bit of a train wreck in and of itself, Rachel and Leah, but from them, some of these pillars, you know, some of the tribe leaders came from these two ladies, from whom all the nation of Israel descended. 
may you be great in uh, Epirath and Bethlehem. However you say that first one, uh, I'm not exactly sure, but there you go. May you be famous in Bethlehem. Little did they know that Boaz was, was going to be famous. I mean, he's, his name's written in the book, and we're talking about this guy, you know, thousands of years later. But it's, it's not really anything that he did. He was just faithful to God, and he was just obedient. That's, that's it. God is looking for people who are just going to be faithful to him and just be obedient. That's all. May she be like Rachel and Leah, and may the Lord give your descendants by this young woman who will be like those of our ancestor Perez, the son of Tamar and Judah. And you're like, hold on. I know that story. Because again, we went through Genesis. The story of Tamar and Judah, <laughs> that's pretty messed up. Okay? So Tamar is married to one of Judah's sons. That dude dies. Judah's like, look, okay, next up. You need to marry her. So your brother's name doesn't just waste away and die. And they're like, no, that dude dies. Next guy up, no, that guy dies. And then finally, like, Judah gives up because he's got one last son. He's like, I can't lose all my sons. So I'm just going to pretend the thing didn't really ever happen. Tamar dresses up like a prostitute, disguises herself as a prostitute, positions herself where she knows Judah will be going by. He takes the bait. She gets pregnant. She takes some of his stuff, signet ring and a staff and all that. And he finds out Tamar's pregnant. I can't believe she would do that. How dare she dishonor my family? Wait, you're the one who won't give her your youngest son. You're the one being disobedient to God. The nerve of that woman, right? He's like, who did this? And she's like, uh, whoever owns this ring and this staff. And he's like, oh, busted, right? Maury Povich is there. He's like, Judah, you're the father, right? He's like, oh, no. But he tells her, he's like, listen, you're the real hero of the story. You're the hero of the story. He knew. He, he didn't follow through with what he was supposed to have done. But through that weird story, you have Perez. And from Perez, you get Boaz. So this old little town of Bethlehem, right? They're all like, this is the coolest thing ever. Look at what God is doing to, our, to the house of bread. Look at what he's doing within our, our beautiful little town. Verse 13 says, so Boaz married Ruth and took her home to live with him. Uh, when he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant. That's fascinating. She was married before. She didn't have no kids. Why? How long were they married? Well, probably long enough to have some kids. But she couldn't. She never did. She gets married to Boaz. Her womb is open. And she has a kid. She has a son. It's amazing. Like, we'll read past that. We'll, we'll totally read past that and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You know, birds and bees, we all get it, right? And they're like, no, no, hold on. She was married beforehand. She didn't have any kids. Could she not have had kids? Did the Lord keep her from being able to have kids because he knew the story was going to play out? I don't know. It's very interesting, though, right? It's got you thinking. You're like, wait a minute. The Lord, he, he just knows how to, within our lives, man, he, he, he knows how to maneuver and position and do all this stuff. And lo and behold, here she is. She gets married. She becomes pregnant. And so she gave birth to a boy. Verse 14, and the women of the town said to Naomi, praise the Lord who has given you a family redeemer. They're not talking about Boaz. These ladies in addressing Naomi are not talking about Boaz. They're talking about this little baby. This little baby has become the kinsman redeemer for Naomi. 
This is amazing. He's given you a redeemer today, a family redeemer today. May he be famous in Israel. May this child restore your youth and care for you in your old age, for he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you so much and who has been better to you than what? Than seven sons. That is saying something. My goodness, the weight of that statement, that proclamation is absolutely incredible. For these ladies living within this culture and at this time period to say, listen, Ruth has proven herself to be far better for you than seven sons, seven, the number of completion or perfection within the Bible. They said, there's not enough boys who could have been born to you who could match up to the faithfulness and commitment and devotion of Ruth. This is a monumental statement. And these are these Bethlehem ladies, real housewives of Bethlehem going on here. And they're like, this lady, Ruth, is the best. She's a Moabitess. Oh, no, she's not. She's one of us. She married Boaz. She's the best thing ever. She's the greatest. What a testimony for Ruth. My goodness, what a testimony for Ruth. Look at Naomi's response. Naomi took care of the baby and cared for him as if he were her own. The neighbor women said, now at last, Naomi has a son again. And they named him Obed, which means servant. Uh, He became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. So just so you don't miss this, Naomi unofficially adopts Obed. She becomes the foster mom to Obed. That's technically what happens here. She's devoting her life to raising this little guy. And in return, when this guy, little guy gets older, he's going to devote his life to taking care of Naomi. That was almost prophetic what these ladies were talking about. He's the one, in one sense, who restored Naomi because she's no longer Mara. She's no longer bitter, right? Because she changed her name to that. Obed was used by God to bring Naomi from Mara, bitterness, back to Naomi, pleasant. That's why he was the kinsman redeemer for her. Isn't it amazing how the Lord can use the smallest thing to bring us back? And he uses this little bundle of joy This baby, well, number one, because babies matter. All babies matter. It doesn't matter if they're moments away from being born or they're showing up at conception or hours outside of the womb. Every little baby matters. Every one of them matters. Please know that. Um, Please, please, please. They lived in the same world we live in. If you don't understand judges the culture that they were surrounded with, babies didn't matter. The only degree that babies mattered to certain groups and tribes of people and nations and all that stuff was as sacrifices to Molech, some of their gods. Babies were an inconvenience to some. Babies were a means of appeasing foreign gods, lowercase g, They had no problem with uh, abandoning them, leaving them out to die, presenting them on the the burning arms of Molech, the god that they worshipped. They had no problem with aborting babies. 
If you want to know what book of the Bible you're walking through, it's not Revelation, it's Judges. It's not Revelation. I mean, it's close. I mean, it's really close to Revelation. The world we live in is the book of Judges. And what we need to know, and, and this is why we're, we're very, my family and I are absolutely devoted to being a part of the solution to this problem. And that's also part of like, go out and vote. Please vote for somebody. If, for, I don't care what it is, you know, who, what position they hold. The number one column I pay attention to is the abortion column. That's it. You want to know where I stand politically? I will vote for you if you're not for killing babies, period. Now, there's other issues. Yes, of course, I got to go through a whole list and all that. You get it. But if they don't make it past that first one, you're not getting my vote. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I will not stand before Jesus having been given a freedom to vote and have a freedom in say within our nation that he placed us in where we have a voice. I will not stand before him and he say, hey, dude, can I introduce you to millions of people who got here long before you did? Because that's what you got. That's what you have. Show up and vote. Care about babies. Look at this baby. This is a baby. He didn't even, this dude doesn't even know anything. <laughs> He's fresh out of the womb. And he has saved his grandma's life. He saved her. God has used this little bitty guy to redeem Naomi. If you have grandkids, you probably know what that feels like. Because they're better than your kids. Let's be honest. Don't, it's okay. Because you get them and then you get to send them back. Okay? We know, we all get it, we all understand. Grandkids are awesome, I'm sure. I'm years away, years, my kids are listening, years away from ever becoming one, but there's just something about it. And Naomi got it. The moment she held that little bitty baby, servant, Obed, she came alive. Because this little guy matters. He's, he's going to be a blessing to the family for sure. He would go on to have Jesse... And then Jesse would go on to have several sons, the youngest one being David, who's like the runt of the litter, so to speak, where Samuel's like, don't you got any more, son? Like, I mean, is this, I mean, Samuel's like, yeah, the oldest, he's impressive. All oh, these guys, and God's like, no, 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 dude, no, get the young guy. And that's where you get David. Verse 18, this is their family line beginning with their ancestor Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon or Salmon, however you want to pronounce that. I don't know. It's spelled the same way. But Salmon was the father of Boaz. Boaz was the father of Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of David. Here's why this is really cool. I mean, it's already really cool. What are we talking about? It's a cool story. But when this story was written, because there's, there's a chronological thing that happens here with, um, with Samuel being like the nation's prophet, okay? So he's the nation's prophet. And during his time, he's the judge. Samuel's the judge, okay? He's like the last judge. The book of Judges continues with Samuel as technically being the judge, all right? So the nation of Israel is like, we want a king. We want to be like everybody else. Give us a king. And he's like, well, I don't think it's a good idea. Um, so they end up with Saul. Saul is from the tribe of Benjamin. You read Judges chapter 21. 
that story ends on a very sad note. So you have Samuel, who's writing the story of Ruth, probably while Saul is king, but yet as it had to be after David was anointed to be the king, had to have been. Because the time frame when David is anointed a king and Samuel's still alive is relatively pretty small. So within the small little gap, Samuel's like, you know what? I'm going to write, I'm going to tell this story. See, we got Saul, but he came from the tribe of Benjamin. In Judges chapter 21, that didn't end really well. But the one God has selected is David. And he comes from this other family. And I know the story of his family. So can you imagine being David and you're like, you're on the run because the guy who is in charge is insane. He's crazy. Every time I play the harp, this dude's throwing spears at me. Like, or I got to play the harp so he doesn't throw spears at me. This guy is nuts. This guy's super crazy. But yet I'm supposed to be the king because I was anointed to be the king. So you can imagine being on the run for so many years, the discouragement that that brings along with that. And I think Samuel obviously inspired by God, writes this, this cool little story, I think is a reminder for David. We're just saying, look, can I tell you your story? Let me remind you of your history. Let me remind you of the family that you're connected to. David wouldn't see it, although he maybe did prophetically. Certainly, Ruth and Boaz would never see that. If the, you follow the line down, all the way down, you end up with Jesus, you come back, you got King David, you got Ruth and Boaz, and then you got Rahab, you know, she was from Jericho, but then even that, included within that genealogy, you have Tamar. But I think it's really cool that Samuel would write this and probably as, I would assume, as some sort of encouragement, but also for the people of Israel to be like, no, look, David's the one. David, you're on the run fleeing for your life. You're the one. You're the guy, and God already knew it. Story of Ruth is amazing. It's the coolest story ever. I'd encourage you to revisit this story as often as, as you can, as often as you want to. It's a beautiful little story. And the depths of it, I mean, listen, we, we cruise through this thing in four weeks. You could spend four months going a chapter at a time, and you can go even deeper than what we were able to go through. The story is it's just phenomenal. It's a beautiful one. Uh, one of these days, we will go back. We'll go into the book of Judges because I think that's an important book for us to learn and to go through, especially living where we live now. And it's like, my goodness, everybody just does what's right in their own eyes. That's the modern philosophy. Well, does it feel right to you? Yeah, it kind of does. Well, then go for it. It's like, whoa, 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 that's bad thinking. That's horrible thinking. But in the midst of chaos, in the midst of bleakness, there's this beautiful bright spot, and her name is Ruth, and his name was Boaz, and her name was Naomi, and they ended up with an Obed, and it's this beautiful little reminder and encouragement for you and I, living in the times in which we live, live like these guys. You have the choice. You have the choice. Ruth and Naomi and Boaz, they all had the same choice. They could have gone sideways like everybody else, but they said no. It'd be easy to give up and to live like everybody else. But we say no. Why? Because of what God's going to do down the road that we have no idea about. You're faithful today because of what he's going to do with your faithfulness tomorrow and the next day and when you're long gone and when you're long gone. 
all the time we have for today on Bread for the Broken. We're so glad that you joined us as Pastor James Grizzle teaches through the book of Ruth. Even though Ruth was written long ago, it's still incredible to see how God has worked through the lives of so many people, even thousands of years ago. What hope that should give you! God never stops working, even when you don't understand what He's doing. What a great example we can learn from! No matter where you come from or who you were in the past, you can be redeemed to bring God glory. If you'd like to listen to today's teaching again or hear more verse-by-verse teachings from Pastor James, visit breadforthebroken.com and click on the Teachings tab. While you're visiting breadforthebroken.com, you'll also be able to learn more about the church behind this ministry. Calvary Galveston is a church of ordinary people striving to love and live just as Jesus did. If you're ever in the Galveston area, we would love to have you visit. Or if you're looking for a new church home, you're always welcome. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for worship and studying the Bible. Our atmosphere is pretty relaxed, so feel free to just come as you are. All the information you need is at breadforthebroken.com. We'd love to connect with you too, so drop us a note in the contact form to let us know how we can be praying for you. Our website, one more time, is breadforthebroken.com. Thanks for tuning in today to Pastor James's teaching on Bread for the Broken. Bread for the Broken